0: From American Awakening, this is Signs of Life.
1: Hello, 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 America. It's good to be back with you all. First, let's get to Josh Jacob and our man, the House Worship Band. Let's see what you got, Josh.
2: Take these shoes Click clacking down some dead-end street Take these shoes Make them fit Take this shirt A polyester white trash Made in nowhere Take this shirt Make it clean Take this soul, Stand it in some Skin and bones Take this soul. Make it sing Yahweh Exactly. Uh-huh. This love is like a drop in the ocean This love is like a drop in the ocean No man can own, no man can take. Take this heart, take this heart, take this heart and make it break. Thank church. you,
1: Josh. We're here because uh, times are really, uh, as a pastor I heard this weekend uh, say, really sucky. Um, That was Michael Todd. Uh, But um, you're designed for this. You're made for a purpose. You're made to achieve more than what you're doing. You're made to get through this adversity. You're made to be somebody that uh, is going to survive and thrive beyond this. And that's why we're here for you, because we want to remind you that every day. If nobody else in the world is telling you that today, we want to be the people telling you that in all different sorts of ways, through music, through conversation, through interesting devotional topics, through interesting chew on topics. And speaking of which, we'll go over to our friend Joel Sirby and The
3: Daily Dose. Now, what do you have for
1: us, too? All right.
3: Hello, everybody. Hey, I want to send a couple shouts out to all our friends out there. You know, one of the things I love about God's creation is the diversity. And we've had a lot of folks watching from the Philippines. So shout out to our friends in the Philippines. That's amazing. It's awesome. I know we got people all over the country. And also, I want to shout out to my Spanish speaking friends. We're going to be talking, vamos a charlar hoy día de la, la idea de la esperanza, okay? Whoa, la esperanza. take it easy, Joel. Take it All easy. Right. Don't shame so, us. Yeah, that's right. My wife and I lived in Chile, so we, uh, we speak Spanish, and uh, listen up. Here we go. We're going to talk about hope. There's this idea in the Bible by this guy named Paul, uh, known as Apostle Paul. Uh, He talks about hope, but in our common American, especially, language, we use the word hope in a way that I think really misses the point of this word that God desires us to understand. We say hope, we say things like, I hope the traffic's not too bad on the way to the game, or at least we used to, or I hope they don't run our ribs uh, before I get to the party. Again, don't do that anymore. But now it's like, I hope I get my coronavirus check sometime soon, or I hope they come up with a vaccine, which might be a little more in-depth, but still, it's said in this way that's kind of more like wishful thinking, like a genie in a bottle kind of a wishing, and that's what I hear a lot of times when I hear people use the word hope in common American English. But Paul, in contrast, and a lot of other languages, when they say the word hope, it has something much more like this phrase, expectant waiting. The word in Spanish, esperar, is both to hope and to wait. There's something about Being in God, being near God, believing that God has got us, that Jesus has done something incredible in history that says, I know that something else is coming and it's gonna be good. That's the kind of expectant waiting, the kind of hope that we can have. And we can see it right now. It's not just something way in the future. We can see it in glimpses right now. A sunrise should give us hope and does. The green grass, the smile of a child, the time we get with family. God is in those things, and that's not fully God, but God is present and speaking to us and speaking hope to us through those moments. And so I wanna challenge us and encourage you this morning, today, wherever you may be, that there is the kind of hope that we have access to in God that is a lot more like it's coming than rubbing a genie in a bottle. And so I hope in the same way that you experience God's love today, and I expect you will. That's your Daily Dose. Back to you, John.
1: Expectant waiting, that is so good. And uh, Jeff, what do you have for us in Hawaii? Something to chew on today is, are we sometimes so saturated in our culture
4: of now that we've lost kind of the perspective of what our life is meant to be? Here's what I mean by this. I've been I've been uh, reading scripture a lot lately and noticing that most of the people that are really famous in scripture, Moses, Paul, Jesus himself, it's so easy to read their stories and then feel oppression or a burden to have to do something crazy or huge in our own life, right? And to do it really young. So I want to even speak something specifically to kind of millennials, people 30 and under. It's really easy to think, man, I have to make something in my life right now. But actually, when you look in the scriptures, the heroes of scripture, so even the people that actually get the ink, because think about there's millions of people that are involved in those stories that Are not even in the book at all. Well, we have no legacy and remembrance of them, and yet they still lived beautiful, amazing, faithful lives. Even the people that are enormously famous—Abraham, Moses, Paul, etc.—tended to not have something crazy impactful in their life until a lot later. I mean, there's some exceptions, right? But Abraham, the thing he's most famous for, didn't really happen until he was almost about to die. He was a grandpa. Moses, same thing. He spent forty years wandering in the desert after he had done a grievous sin before he even came back and did the thing that he's most famous for as well. Uh, Jesus himself, God himself, could have showed up as an eight-year-old and started just dominating and healing and doing miracles, but yet he chose to live in obscurity until 30. We basically have no historical record outside of like one or two instances uh, when he was 12 uh, before he does anything that's like noteworthy. And so my encouragement to you at that is be encouraged, right? That it's that most of life is lived in the ordinary, in the faithful, in the mundane. And we can be expectant of that hope. And God does maybe have something big for us, but we don't need to feel the pressure or feel overwhelmed that it needs to happen right now. A lot of times, if you just live a faithful, ordinary life, then God might use you down the road a lot longer. But it's actually the faithful, ordinary life, here's the big truth, that carves you into the person that will be used later. So that is actually the place where you are formed to be used And to try to just go to do something big without being formed first in the ordinary mundane tends to make a bad recipe and kind of short-circuit the process. So it's kind of a simple thought for today, but I do think it's something really important that we have to dwell on, especially in our culture of now and the internet, and we can see what other 20-year-olds are doing on the internet, um, and there's not a lot of quietness with our lives. Man, might we understand that, man, we just want to keep our head down, live faithful, love God, love neighbors, and hopefully maybe you know when we're 60 or 70, there might be some fruit that we can bear. And so I hope that's encouraging, and that's something to chew on. Back to you guys.
1: That is not a simple idea. That is a very <laughs> profound idea, Jeff Bethke. So uh, we do have in the waiting room Andrew Hanauer, who is ready to get online. Our our friend, our partner, hashtag Love Your Neighbor uh, is is our partnership with One America. Uh, But for now, before we get over to Andrew, we're going to talk about what's happening out there with our friend Calvin
5: Lee and Marissa Prince. What do you have for us, friends? Yeah, I just want to bring you a few headlines of what is going on out in the world. So first... Uh, Compelled by the lack of actual comprehensive federal planning as states begin to reopen, lawmakers from both parties, um, from senior senators to the newest House members, they're developing policies to prevent a second wave of coronavirus disaster. So in the House and the Senate, lawmakers are pushing sweeping proposals for a national virus testing strategy. Also, ideas such as a war-like public health fund and regional bipartisan task forces to help guide states to work have also been presented. Now, Andy Slavitt, a former federal health official, said on Friday that there's uh, never been a greater time when Americans need the support of Congress and their state and local leaders. Also, the CEO of a biotech company uh, called Regeneron says he's optimistic about an artificial antibody treatment for coronavirus, which could be an important stopgap until a vaccine is available. So the company could enter clinical trials next month, but it says it's still too soon to know whether uh, it will help prevent or treat infection. Unlike a vaccine which triggers the immune system to develop antibodies, lab-made antibodies are infused directly into the blood, providing temporary uh, immunity. Dr. Leonard Schleifer, CEO of Regeneron, says that we should be optimistic about this approach, but we have to get real data. In this environment, there's nothing that can substitute for real science and real data. Lastly, two teams from Doctors Without Borders have gone in to help Native American communities in New Mexico curb the spread of corona. So a small team arrived mid-April north of Albuquerque, uh, where they had been assisting the Pueblos and a larger nine-person team is working with the Navajo Nation uh, and expecting to remain there until June. So Gene Stowell, who heads the organization's U.S. COVID-19 response team, says historically the Navajo Nation has not received the same attention and resources as other communities in the U.S. that has made it particularly difficult for them to respond to this unprecedented epidemic. Now, Doctors Without Borders has helped in epidemics all around the world and uh, has been providing support to people who've been excluded from healthcare and emergency response. So, there it is, a few really interesting stories of not only what is going on around the world, but also in the fight against corona and its effects. Now, I'm going to pass the ball back over to JK, who will introduce our next segment, hashtag love your neighbor.
1: There we go. Our special uh, partner, uh, the head, founder and head of the One America movement, uh, who is trying to bring uh, everybody together around this country better together is is our, our common theme, uh, the One America folks and us. And and Andrew is doing this in a lot of practical ways. And weekly, he brings to us a storyline about how folks out there are indeed hashtag loving their neighbors. Andrew,
6: floor yours. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. How's everyone doing? It's good to be with you guys. Um, I love what Jeff was talking about earlier about the expectations and pressures that young people feel um early on partly because of social media to to do great things and be be these amazing people, and I totally agree with Jeff, and now I'm going to totally ruin everything he just said by telling you about <laughs> ninth grader Valerie <laughs> Chu, who is doing great things at the age of 15. We're talking about Love Your Neighbor this week. We're talking about how people in their communities, Americans all over this country, are supporting each other, um, that all of the noise about the divisions and, and the hatred in our country doesn't represent wh- where most of us are at and where we want this country to go. Valerie Chu is a 15 year old from Addison, Texas. Um, She wanted to do something for medical workers uh, during the coronavirus pandemic. And she also wanted to do something about the stories that are stigmatizing her community, Asian Americans, uh, for the outbreak. And so she uh, raised donations and got more than 10,000 protective masks delivered to a Dallas Medical Center. Um, And she's still working to get more. Um, This is just an incredible story about someone stepping up for their community, helping people who need it most. And I think it's also a really important story because um, any virus, any terrorist attack, any violence, um, political elections can be used to sort of tear us apart. There's an entire industry out there that profits, sells books, wins elections, raises money, gets ratings by basically telling us that we need to hate those people, whether it's people who vote differently than us or look different than us or worship different than us. Um, and we are better than that as a country. And I think people like Valerie are, are really exemplifying that by stepping up uh, and showing other people um, uh, who she is and what her community is made of. I think the conversation that that comes out of this uh, in terms of the coronavirus and and polarization is, is what's next, right? Um, how, do, how does this epidemic shape the divisions in our society? And at the One America movement, we, we think there's really three options of ways we could go. Um, one is that we could get further divided, that the virus is just another thing that tears us apart. Um, the second is that we could come together, but in a way that kind of suppresses the really hard stuff. Like, let's not talk about how some communities have been hit harder by this uh, than others. Let's not talk about policies that may have been uh, ineffective or problematic let's just all get along and we can do car commercials and we can have benefit concerts and just pretend like everything's okay. Um, we think that's harmful too. And I think what we're, what we're really hoping for is the third option, which is real deep uh, work where we reckon with our past, we reckon with the challenges in our society, but we move forward together. I think that is what the type of reconciliation that uh, we talk about all the time in the gospels. And I think it's the kind that we need in this country uh, with regards to coronavirus. So that's our story for today of Love Your Neighbor, Valerie Chu in Texas, getting masks to workers and fighting the stigmatization of her community. Um, back to you guys.
0: I love that story. I love that story for a lot of reasons. I mean, I, I love the idea, quite honestly, that leadership can come from anywhere. Um, if anybody gets online and you know does a bit of research about Valerie and you see anything about this story, this ninth grader was like she she had some sort of internal motivation. I mean she's here she's doing research in China about who the suppliers are that she wants to work with. She's she's raising money and then she gives twelve hundred dollars of her own cash to this thing. And like if you see the pictures of her like she's a she's a girl on a mission. Now I'm connecting this with earlier because I think there's something different between like feeling like oh if I don't do something crazy I'm not gonna matter and so you're just looking all over the place. That That's something different from somebody who's feeling very, like, directed on the inside of them from even, like, a young age about what to do. Uh, They're probably very clear. They're probably very self-directed. Um, and, you know, from those people, again, you know, don't let anyone look down on you. That's what the Bible says, you know, because of age. Like, you can, you can be and do whatever God's calling you to do in the season that you're in, um, but you don't have to, like, lose your mind, like, looking for something to, to change the world. What's in your hands? How are you gifted? What's in front of you? And, like, move forward in that, you know? There's freedom in that.
6: That's a great distinction. I mean, I think Martin Luther King said something about something to the effect of, I'm paraphrasing, that if you're a street sweeper, you should sweep streets the way that Michelangelo painted, right? Like, whatever it is that's in front of you, whatever your talents are, whatever your abilities are, do it right, right? Do it the best way you can. It doesn't mean everyone has to be an uh, Instagram star or president or whatever, you know, Steph Curry, like, we're not all going to get to that level of, of, of specific talent that our society values, but our society values the wrong things all the time.
3: Yeah. I think there's another lesson too, which is um, hopefully one of freedom. I I mean it as one of freedom, which is you're going to screw it up. Um, and what I mean by that is like no matter how many of us, whatever we 've tried to do in life, um, whether it be something like like Valerie was doing something big or whether it was just something that was like we felt strongly that we should do it, it could be as simple as like young love right and there 's some parts of which we know deep down I want to pursue this i 'm supposed to pursue this, but in the midst of it, we make these mistakes and i 'm not saying Valerie's making mistakes i 'm just saying like there should be freedom in that because it's okay, you, you've you pursued the thing with passion that you have this passion for, and whether you're young, old, whatever, the mistakes that are made in that are, are mistakes that God is also using and will also redeem. And then the the lessons and the pains and the hurts that come from that are the exact scars that he uses to help other people to do it even better the next time. So, you know, the failure is not something to be afraid of either. Yeah. And we live in a society
6: that just savages people for mistakes now. That's right. right? It's and awful. So, I hate it. Yeah. And I, it's, you're absolutely right. I mean, everyone's going to make mistakes. And instead of, of of learning from that, you know, we have too much of the sort of, well, that, that mistake you know, tells me everything I need to know about you. And I think the Bible speaks to that, too, in terms of looking at our own eyes, uh, rather than judging others first.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we all know, you know, even outside of the spiritual realm, like, you know, there, there are some things that you're just going to have to go through because you're you right? Like God can use all of it, but th- there's some things because of the way that we're built, you're just going to have to walk some some things out and see what comes out of that. But, you know, thank God for the spiritual realm. You know, again, God does redeem. There's, you know, if you're in God, there, there's no place you can go where you're too far gone for him to to save you or too far gone for him to turn something around. I mean, let's call these mistakes experience, folks, and just, Keep walking it out, you know. Don't get don't get hemmed in by fear of of mistake. Keep walking it out. God will turn it all around. Jeff, I I'd love to hear more from you on this.
4: Your distinction was perfect. I thought that was so good that if you're kind of following. Like another way to think about it too is I, I do think, I think one of the cousin of this conversation that starts to, especially in religious circles, Christian circles specifically, that gets a little, that tends to lead people in the bad places of overwhelm and pressure is what's God's will for my life? You know, and just like, you know, chasing that question. When uh, another way I've heard it that I think is super helpful is stop chasing what you think is God's will for your life and start chasing your own curiosity. Um, and when you start chasing your own curiosity, there's something about that that almost gets you in the exact same place, if not better. And the question is just way more, it's just, there's no pressure. It's, we, we, we're not curious people, you know, I remember like over a month ago, I gave that example of the, the kids with the paper clips versus, you know, and how the creativity and all that, how we lose creativity as we get older. But if man, if you continue to chase creativity, you build awesome things, you're a part of awesome things, and you're not doing it in this identity centric way, um, you're doing it just because you're curious. And so I thought, yeah, I thought your distinction was really important that that tends to another way to kind of say it too, is like, if you're trying to live someone else, because a lot of times this comes from you trying to match up to someone else and what you're doing is then saying, you know, you're 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 kind of uh, uh, abdicating you. If you're trying to live someone else then that means the world's not going to get you. And so I think those are just things to keep in mind.
3: That's good. And just one more piece of that to add on. Uh, I love the phrase that my pastor uses, which is um, when you when you're unsure of the unknown will of God, do the known will of God. Yeah. Um, and and when he when he says that, he doesn't mean like because you've already been downloaded the mysterious will. It's because you know you're supposed to love your neighbor, <laughs> and treat the people around you with dignity and love and respect. And like and then your to your point, Jeff, like flow into what God has already implanted in you, who you are and and the things that bring you joy in life that's the revealed will of god as shown in your life and when you don't know what you're supposed to do like 10 years from now do what you know you're supposed to do today amazing amazing you guys uh, unpacked uh, unpacked so many of these uh, mysteries
1: of the way we're supposed to live day over day uh, for me, and I really appreciate it. Uh clarifying, distilling. Um so grateful um for for all of these insights. Thank you guys, all of you. Uh Andrew, um I just wonder what what's a good way to describe um that way you propose that we all dig in, you know, not glossing over the challenges, not not ignoring the realities. Um, you know, how, how do we how do we describe that in a way that like is is quickly understood at least. Um, I don't know, maybe too big of a conversation for today.
6: Yeah, it might be, but I think it's the right conversation to start. And I think part of the issue is that anyone who doesn't want to just be part of the hyper-partisan tribal mindset, it does not have an identity they can just easily cling to and say, this is my team, right? And so part of what we're trying to do is ask, how can we create new teams that bring people together? Um, The best way to do that is to do things together, is to go out there and rebuild our country together. I think maybe the identity that those folks feel a part of could be different in every community, right? Maybe it's not that there's one national sort of phrase that captures the whole thing. I think as, as, as Americans, we need to maybe take a step back and say, okay, I don't know all the answers to who's right and wrong about every political issue, but I do know this. It's right to love my neighbor. It's right to donate masks to hospitals and take care of the people in my community. Can't argue with that. So that means uh, we're going to have to go to the movie line
1: of the day. And uh, Jeff, right. there you go. I did tease it earlier, guys. It is a Leonardo DiCaprio
4: movie. I mean, we can go on and on of how many, What is he got, 15, 20, probably at least ones that are just like top-notch A-list movies. And I can't believe he, what, just got his first Oscar, like what, last year? He's a legend. One of my favorite. Inception's one of my favorite movies. This is not from that movie. I did uh, hint it out a little bit in one of the suggestions, and that is one of his classics, probably one of the ones that made him most famous, and that is Titanic. So Marina,
5: go ahead and show it. I figure life's a gift, and I don't intend on wasting it. You never know what hand you're going to get dealt next. You'll learn to take life as it comes at you. To make each day count.
0: Well said, Jack. Yeah, yeah. To make me count.
2: To make me count. probably
1: There we go. There we go. All right. So, wrapping us up, thank you very much, Jeff. Thank you very much, Andrew. Um, over to Josh Jacob to wrap us today. Josh, what do you have for us to call it a day?
2: Come close. Listen to the story. About a love more faithful than the morning father gave his only son just to save us the earth You know you can't deny you Come on and lose
1: That's a good note to leave us on. So everybody out there, thank you so much for being with us. God loves you. God's got you. Remember, do what you got to do in the short term or or wait for the long term. But either way, uh, know that God loves you. God's got you. Uh, and we're only called to fulfill two commandments, loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself. And we're working that out day over day during these tough times. But uh, you are known. You are remembered. You are called. You are marked. And you're going to get through this. Thanks for joining us. And keep fighting the good fight, friends. Bye now.
0: Signs of Life is produced by American Awakening, a campaign for the soul of America committed to slaying the giant of death and despair in this American moment. Signs of Life is made up of Jefferson Bethke, Dan Hazeltine, Josh Jacob, John Kingston, Joel Searby, Calvin Lee, Christian Palacios, Marina Pappas, Andy Peterson, and me, Marissa Prince. The show is produced from our headquarters in Lexington, Massachusetts, and you can learn a whole lot more about the movement by visiting our website, AmericanAwakening.us. Relevant Podcast
5: Network.